Welcome to the Chicas Who Read podcast, where we discuss text and film through the lens of a history major and an artist. We, what comes out of our discussions may not give definitive answers to the things we speak about, but who cares? The objective is to have a dialogue around the things we find interesting, confusing, and exciting in the films and texts we read into. For today's episode, we will be discussing Aristotle and the Don... And the Dante. I'm sorry. <laughs> Aristotle and Dante discover the secrets of the universe by Benjamin Alides Sainez. Science. 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 Yeah. It's S A with a little apostrophe you know, E N Z. Those mess me up. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, they mess. No, they mess me up too. So. <laughs> Can't read. No. <laughs> Can't read, but we talking about a book. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to give, like, a brief synopsis of what the book is. So I think first and fo- foremost, the stories about, like, friendship and just young love. Ari and Dante are the main protagonists we follow throughout the book. We follow the narrative through Ari's point of view and his journey to figure out himself, but um, his family and Dante as well. And so I think that's a pretty good description of the book. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I want to know first like what was your overall impression so this is definitely like a a middle school high school type of reading level book which at first I didn't know yeah when so we had a plan to read this book for an episode because my best friend Brandon had read it and he recommended it to Jocelyn and then Jocelyn was like you should read it well, he read this for our, one of his queer studies yeah, uh, classes. Yeah, and it's it's very, it's very gay, and <laughs> I love it. Um, Is it though? I feel like I don't think yes so. and no. Like it's very gay in the way that like, well, maybe because I already knew that it was very gay. I think that being someone who doesn't know anything about the book and reading it, it probably is a little bit more. You know what? I think that I didn't... Okay, so I, prior to reading this book, I read, um, I read Call Me By Your Name, Mm -hmm. and I read, uh, oh my god, I'm totally forgetting the, the name. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but it was about, uh, Troy and just, like, his journey, but it's from a perspective where he is gay, um, or Achilles is gay, sorry. It's about Troy, and it's about uh, Achilles um, and his journey in Troy, and he is gay in this narrative. And so those two books were very graphic mm-hmm. in, I guess, the gay genre, whereas mm-hmm. so this book was very, very innocent. Yeah, yeah, I did get those, like, innocent vibes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I felt it was super gay when... Ari started... No, no, no. It was Dante, Dante who started writing the letters to Ari. And I was like, oh, this boy is finding himself <laughs> in Chicago. Like, yes. Um, but yeah, no. Not not as gay as it needed to be. But for me, 
I think this is one of the first gay books that I've read. Maybe I need to rethink that and come back to you, but I th- as of right now, I think this is one of like the explicitly gay books that I've read, which is okay. Yeah. And I want to get to your point where you said it's it's the middle school, high school. Yeah. Because I wish that a book like this was like made available to us, well to me in middle slash high school. Like, I wish it was on those reading list or yeah. made, like, a requirement. Because a part of it, apart from it being, like, yes, like, gay, and if you are, um, you know, figuring out your se- figuring out your sexuality, it can mm-hmm. be, like, really cool reading something like this. But yeah. even just the book, um, you know, you can tell that Dante, I'm sorry, Ari is you know, a Mexican-American and is growing up in El Paso. And um, I guess I'll talk a little bit about the introduction because it really, like, paints a picture um, when it introduces you to the character. So, like, within the first few pages, like, a very vivid image is painted of a family of a normal, like, Mexican household. And I especially, like, like the uh, Calder Rich Valens because I feel in every Latinx household you either see or you see both uh, La Bamba and Selena are always uh, like are in constant um, loops. I don't know. Was that was that a thing for you? Yeah, my mom likes Selena, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like I like that it's a call to that because those are literally like the only two mainstream artists that made it over to um, American charts and. It, one was, like, what, in the 50s or 60s? And mm-hmm. then the other one was, like, in the 90s. Yeah. And that's all we get. Yeah, but I think that's mainly for, like, non-island Latinx countries and even for, like, um... Like, I'm sure, like, South America had their own shit going on, even if they're Latinx countries. But I think as far as, like... The U.S., Latinx population, and then Mexico, and then maybe a little bit of Central America, like Selena was... A big deal. Bomb as yeah, fuck. Still yeah, still a big deal. Still bomb as fuck. But yeah. R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it was, even like when he was talking about like his death and how he won't amount to anything, like I feel a lot of teenagers feel that, and I still feel like that sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's just like Richie Valens you know, was great and, like, died at a super young age, but he was still, you know, literally crossed over. And yeah. made such a big impact. And it's, like, you constantly feel, like, what, am I gonna do more? Is this it? And even, like, that theme of death is gonna, like, be be recurring throughout the book mm-hmm. and, like, hits a major point, like, towards the end. Yeah. And I think, see, even that, going back to that, reading something like that in middle slash high school, like, Mm-hmm. Yes, like death is very real, because um, I feel like a lot of teenagers do feel like they're invincible. Like I'm not gonna die. Like I'm too young. Yeah, for sure. We gotta remind them that they're gonna <laughs> die one day. No, yeah. Um, I think that part kind of pissed me off though, because it, like, I of course remember feeling that way when I was younger, but um, just reading it is, like, so annoying. Like, it, it, he he was just really annoying. Oh. Ari's as a character. character. Yeah. yeah. Like, he was such... And maybe it's because I'm reading it through the lens of a 23-year-old mature-ass woman. <laughs> but, like, you know, he was just kind of, like, 
just put a damper on everything and yeah. had this chip on his shoulder and it's like dude come on like but you also gotta put yourself back in that position i know i know nobody understands you like your parent you don't even know oh also that like that theme of just like getting to know your parents as real people yeah like he's never mm-hmm. really had a connection with his dad and he finally like gets to the point as he's like developing his own personality and who he is like mm-hmm. his dad finally like feels like it's important for him to like put himself in his son's life Um, yeah yeah that part was really touching yeah because like i mean okay just all of the trauma that his father had gone through oh excuse me and him still trying to process that and then also trying to process fatherhood at the same time is really and then also like processing his child sexuality it's like all different layers of touching (laughs) (laughs) how he gets through it yeah yeah no I really I really like the whole like parent dynamic because I feel like it does get to a point where it's just like oh yeah my parents are real people and they're not like these godly figures are like these unknown beings that Mm -hmm. solve all of our problems (laughs) when i you know it's funny i think that just like who your mentors are or like who people who give you advice or whatever in life when you're older at least or when you're younger at least for me like i would always see them as aliens like if i would see one of my high school teachers or middle school teachers at the grocery store i'd be like yeah. I'd walk away. <laughs> like, I'm not going to say hi to you. This is me being normal. I'm not in school. Um, but then as you get older, you start seeing people as people. Mm-hmm. And it's even weird, like, breaking those boundaries of, like, like now in college, that's when you can have mentors who are your friends, too. Anyway, I'm going off on a different <laughs> tangent. But, yeah, I like that exploration in there, too. Especially of Ari and his mom, because he, like, constantly is, like, I don't know if I like my parents, or, like, my parents are super weird, or, like, didn't at some point, at some point, wasn't he, like, my mom is fake, or something like that, (laughs) like, he was just, like, she doesn't really speak her mind, therefore she's fake. Yeah. (laughs) And, and, um, we come to find out that, like, that's not... Who she is, yeah. 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 Um, I think that paints a a pretty good picture of who, like, Ari is as a character. Um, And then he's introduced to Dante, which eventually does become... Spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit! (laughs) His little little boo. (laughs) His boyfriend. It's super innocent, and I guess... I mean, I guess that is the big spoiler that... uh, Ari eventually does find out his sexuality, and mm-hmm. even prior to that, is really okay with like accepting Don- Dante as a friend and his sexuality, and is okay with being friends with him, even though he's gay, because he doesn't know that he's gay himself yet, or yeah. hasn't come to the realization or and accepted that. Yeah. Do you think he hated himself? Like he. So, throughout the whole book, he's just really confused on his own identity. Not, like, it's not very obvious that he's searching for his sexual identity, but he's like, who am I? What am I supposed to do? 
what is my purpose in life, which, like, as a, how old was he, like, 16, mm-hmm. 15, as a, as a teenager at that age, I guess those are kind of the questions you're asking, because high school's like, where do you want to go, yeah. like, whatever, um, but they really shouldn't be a huge concern of your life, but for him, it's, like, everything, and so, um, where was I going with this? I lost my train no. of thought. Um, you said, um, if he, do you think he hated himself? Yeah, do you think he hated himself because he didn't really, like, all of this figuring the stuff out was just him suppressing his sexuality? Or, like, I know at first it was a lot of loneliness and just, like, not having a friend or someone on the same level to talk to about A, B, C, and D that went on through the day. But even after that, like, he still had a lot of... I shouldn't have eaten before this episode, but he still had a lot of self-loathing. And so my question is, do you think that that was rooted in him not knowing his sexuality? I mean, it could have been. I think, I think, yeah, since he didn't have those outlets to speak to anybody for so long, and even, like, to his parents, he didn't feel like he could speak to them. Because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you explore yourself by speaking, like, sharing your ideas and, like, getting others' input and just, I guess, consuming things. But I feel like, yeah, he's pretty closed off. Like, he even mentions hating radio within, like, the first yeah page like he's I feel like he's constant constantly like shutting himself in um so yes yeah, suppressing those feelings and like so far down that he didn't even like realize that he was gay mm-hmm because you know? mm-hmm. yeah because it is a journey and I don't think if you're exploring you know just ideas in general like you can like, how do you know what you are until you try it? Yeah. Yeah. Also, like, having the example of, like, his parents and um, living in El Paso, like, Texas. Like, mm-hmm. super heteronormative Yeah, that too. Society. Yeah, because um, I think this was book... When, when was this? I think like, it's based in the... 80s? 80s. Yeah. I was like, 70s, 80s? <laughs> um... Yeah. That was just, like, a... I don't have an answer for that. Like, I don't know. Um, But it's something that I... Like, I'm sure... On top of, like, all the other shit that teens think about, like, their life purpose or whatever, what they're gonna do, um, that's just, like, another little thing. And I think he was constantly asking himself that because he didn't know, you know? Yeah. And I'm not saying most teens know, but they have an idea of, like, oh, you know, I am this way or I'm that, that way. You think so? Mm. I'm trying to think Are about, you speaking I'm, from personal I'm experience? I'm trying to think back to my to my younger self. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll save it for another episode. <laughs> No, I feel like I'm sure in, in who I was, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, I've further, you know, of course, I've grown as a person mm-hmm. with age. Um, and even, actually, even, like, I mean, I've told you this, like, times and times again, but, like, 
going from 18 to 19 was, like, the biggest year. Mm-hmm. But it's because I met so many new people, and they introduced me to so many, like, different things. See? And that's what caused the most growth. So. Oh. There you go. Surprise. <laughs> True. So he met Dante, and he changed his life forever. Forever. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, so I guess, so three things on why I would have loved to have read this in high school, because mm-hmm. um, it does cover these things. Uh, so like I said, getting to know your parents as real people, finding who you are and your sexual pre- preference, and not just your sexual preference, but just like within yourself, um, like that journey, that will lead you, just what we were talking about. But like my third thing is just, I don't think I've ever read a book about just letting you that like that 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 was a heavy um, theme within itself, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, because it was about a Mexican American, and yeah, I don't think I've ever read that ever. Like, and this was like, a, it's a teen book, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and if I were to would have read this in middle school, I think I would have seeked that out. So uh, a thing that comes. Again and again in the book is uh, Ari constantly telling Dante, like, oh, you're not Mexican enough. Uh, and yeah, and and Dante's like, I know. And he kind of, like, represses that side of himself. And I think he even, he's even, like, like lighter, right? Like, is that what he thought? Yeah, um, Ari is darker than Dante. Yeah. Yeah. Darker skin-toned. I, so I find this a little bit weird. The... Maybe it's because I'm not Mexican, (laughs) but just, like, almost every, like, 30 pages, he would say, like, um, like, for example, I have it pulled up here, um, I still look more Mexican than you do, or, like, and then Dante would be like, everybody looks more Mexican than I do, or, like, something like that, like, talking about the appearance or just, like, the action of being Mexican or representing Mexicanness, um, and I don't know if that's like a fair representation of Mexicanness, right? And I don't know because I'm not Mexican, but um, that's really the only like little touch that I read in the book that that mentioned anything that had to do with Mexican identity. Um, from what I can remember, it's been like a couple of weeks <laughs> and I have bad memory, but yeah, I, I don't, for me, it didn't really do it. Um, as far as like hearing a narrative of like a gay brown teenager, like it, it that's really all it, like I was like, okay, get over it. Like you, <laughs> guys, you guys are Mexican. If you don't look Mexican, like you're fucking Mexican. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Sorry, I cuss, but you're like Mexican. It doesn't matter if you quote unquote look the part or don't, which is something that, um, they both talk a lot about, but there's, that's it. Like that's, it doesn't go any further. Well, I don't think at that age you're, you're really exploring your, yeah, your Latinidad yeah. or your Mexicanness, um, and I feel like I really resonated with that statement just because I was told that a lot when I was younger, because I could articulate myself better than my cousins, um, 
and I watched things that were technically not Mexican because I mm-hmm. watched a lot of American media. Um, so, and I and I like different music. I never really listened to Latin music up until when I got out of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so a few years ago. And yeah, like I didn't really explore my Latinidad till like a couple of years ago. Um, and I think that's why like this book, I would have like loved to read something like this in middle school because like, oh, this is different. This is not what I'm used to consuming. Like it's not like mm-hmm. this gangster mm-hmm. stuff that we're con- that Mexicans are constantly or like Latinx people are constantly like stereotyped as, you know, mm-hmm. or like listening to hood music or, you know, just like stuff that is typically stereotyped for Latinx people, Mm -hmm. you know, like, that's not what I found interesting. But if I would have read something like this that was completely different, it's like, oh, there's other types of Latinos, you know? Like, this is what Mm -hmm. I need to be um, reading. Uh, And just, like, looking into more, yeah, Latinx um, writers or Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. artists in general, you know? Like, searching for that. Because now I'm, yes, I'm consuming that type of media, and I love it because I can see the variety of, like, Latinx people, you know, and it's amazing. And it's, like, we're not um, We don't just fit into this, like, tiny world of... um, But we're not exposed to that at a younger age. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, Yeah. I mean... Yeah. I, I still, I still stand by my state. I understand that, like, um, I could see this as kind of like an introduction or like a gateway into more maybe like Mexican literature or, um, even like looking into traditions or just like really, because I think that even when he asked these questions, like, as I was reading it too, I was like, well, what is, like, what do you mean? Like, we are only, and I think reading it is, is, is funny how this works in your brain, but when you read it and he's like, you look more Mexican than I do, and he's like, I don't, or whatever, what do you picture when you read that, right? And then I think maybe reading that as a teenager, I'm probably not making any sense, but maybe reading that as a teenager, that allows you to be like, well, what does a a quote-unquote Mexican look like? And why does a quote-unquote Mexican look, a Mexican have to look like that? Like, um, so I guess you're right in that sense. But as far as, like, this being, like, a huge, like, not huge, but, like, a, a cultural kind of stepping stone or, like, being able to portray... But then again, I'm not Mexican, so I don't know. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. I I feel like that part kind of lacked for me because the only mention of Mexicanness was when they were talking about their appearances. I was like, okay, I don't really care. But yeah. Yeah. But I think, I mean, even like at the start of the book when he's describing his parents or whatever, and I'm telling you, I'm going to go back to it. A bamba thing, you know, it's just mm-hmm. like that's a very Mexican thing, I think. Um, just because I could relate to that, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and then just having the, the tias over and trying to avoid them, you mm-hmm. know, and, or like his mom's friends, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I don't know, I think it, I think it did a good job at painting the picture. I don't think it like delve into that, but I don't mm-hmm. think that's what the, that's not, that's the not book what the book is about, to do. yeah. yeah. Um, 
so I wasn't like critiquing it too hard on that, mm-hmm. but I did like that it was about a Mexican American family. Yeah. Um, I think just having your all of your characters yeah. be Mexican is like great. Yeah. And it shows them in a new light, like, ap- I mean, apart from one character, like, nobody's, like, a criminal or, mm-hmm. you know, like, they're all pretty much, like, his mom was a teacher, uh, both of Dante's parents are scholars, mm-hmm. uh, and he's very intelligent. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it shows, yeah. like, these different Latinx people. Yeah, it's possible creators to not paint black and brown people as, like, stereotypical... Yeah. Shit. So, Jess, what was a really striking moment for you in the book? Um, I think that one part that kind of stood out to me was when Ari and Dante were talking, I think it was on the phone, and they were talking about being a real Mexican, right? So maybe this is mentioning a little bit more about Mexico that I might have misremembered. But, um, at this point, like, in the, in the book, you kind of hear Ari being like, I'm a real Mexican, or I look Mexican, and then Dante's like, yeah, I don't look very Mexican. But at this point in the book, um, Dante, no, Ari is talking about, like, his interaction with his cousins. And, um, they're like, well, I kind of feel like a freak around my cousins, and I kind of feel like a freak around my cousins, too. And then Dante's like, well, at least you're a real Mexican. And then Ari's like, what do I know about Mexico, Dante? Um, and so they start talking about, like, um, if they think, like, that feeling will always stay, like, that feeling of not knowing, um, and that feeling of, like, having over ownership of yourself and of your own space. Um, and so I feel like that conversation in particular was very, uh, is very similar to first generation feelings of being, like, neither from here nor there and, like, not really, like, what you, you said, like, not being able to relate to your cousins who are probably born in Mexico or, like, um, live in stricter households or something that have these traditions and this this way of living their life like it's more embedded in their brains as opposed to like I know for me like I grew up with a very um like chill mom and she didn't really care about like what I got into um and like what I liked she was just like you know you like what you like um and here you go how were those experiences with your cousins? Oh, I've always felt like the the black swan of the family. Like, um, I have... So I'm not Mexican. I'm Salvadoran and Honduran. Um, Salvadoran, Honduran, American. First generation. And so my cousins... I can think of my mom's cousin. Cousin's children. So I call them my cousins, too. And they they're so, like... Um, very well behaved and like as soon as you step into the room you know like a little uh, handshake like hola como esta um, and they would go to El Salvador like almost every summer every other summer 
And I could not relate because I haven't been able to go to El Salvador or Honduras for that matter. Um, but I always felt like there was like this disconnect that I can never quite put my finger on, even though they were born here. Yeah. Like, and it was just so weird. But I think that that is kind of like when you're born first generation, you're so moldable. Like you can either be depending on like how your parents are, like how your family is, you can either be super stuck to kind of like the traditional ways that were lived in in the country where your family is from, or you can be super Americanized, or you can have like a mix of both yeah. and just kind of be confused in your own identity. So I think that that part where they start talking about ownership and, like, when do we start feeling like the world belongs to us? It's, like, when do we start feeling, like, comfortable in our own skin and, like, comfortable in our own at least cultural identity? Yeah. That's where it, it it was, like, what the fuck for me? Yeah. Because um, that's a mood. That's yeah. a constant yeah, lifetime sure. mood. Like. All the time. And it always comes out when you're around your family. Like, you feel a little bit inadequate and, like... Like, no, my family <laughs> would be recording a fucking podcast. <laughs> like, my family is not into any of the stuff that I'm into. Um, so it just makes you feel... That's another layer of, like, making you feel out of place with your family. But then when you go out into the world and you're in, like, school yeah. or you're... Um, out in public and you're either speaking Spanish or like you um, are talking about stuff in school that maybe you know a different perspective from depending on like where your family's from and like how your fam family manages that certain thing. Um, it's the opposite. You feel like you're not American enough yeah. too. So it's like where where is this balance where you exist yeah. and like everything just kind of agrees with with you yeah am no, I making myself I, yes, clear yes. like yes I understand no and yeah I mean I think it was always like a struggle um just because yeah your cousins will make you feel like an outsider yeah you know, yeah that they, it's like... always the fucking cousins too <laughs> Always the damn cousins. But, yeah, with growing up and just, like, finding out, like, what my Latinidad is, you know, and it's not the same as theirs, I, you know, now I, like, I guess I wouldn't, I didn't really identify too much with my Mexicanness when I was younger because I didn't like any of the stuff they did, and that's what I was exposed to, and I'm like... I, I believe that I was a Mexican enough because they, I was constantly, like, told that. Um, and just constantly told I'm weird because I didn't like that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, as you know, you get to university and you learn about the history and um, you find the different outlets and the different Latinos that there are, you know? And you yeah. just find your, your Latinidad in that, you know? And now I would even say I'm <laughs> more Mexican than some of my cousins, you know, that before they made me feel like I wasn't that. Um, or at least that you take more pride yeah. in, yeah, um, yeah, I just recently had my little cousin, she's, she's 18, she was, she told me the other day in my house, she was like, 
you know, you don't act like a Latina girl. I was like, <laughs> what? Excuse me? And she said, yeah, you don't act like a Latina girl. Like, you hang out with all these white people. And I'm like, I don't have <laughs> white friends. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Um, maybe a few here and there. Okay, I'm sorry. But, like, yeah, for the most part, I hang out with people of color and... So, like, if that's your basis of, like, judging my <laughs> Latinidad, like, what do you mean? Um, also, the Latinidad is kind of problematic, but we can talk about that <laughs> later. But just, like, me being a Latinx woman, she she judges, or she doesn't think that I'm I'm not enough. Yeah. She thinks that I'm not enough. And I tried to get it out of her, but she was like, man, I don't want to get into it. And I'm like, okay, that's very convenient for you. <laughs> Super convenient she for you. Go up. Yeah, well, she was like, also not, not in the right <laughs> state of mind. But yeah, I, I was like, what? It's because I we're only exposed that. to like one or two different ideas of, of what a Latin person should be, you know? Yeah. If you're not, like, this this sexy, like, mamacita, you know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, like, if you're not a Teresa, you're not a Oh, Latina. shit. I love Teresa. Yeah. That bitch is French, though. I know. She's French. But I love her. I'm obsessed. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that um, resonated with me. And I think that, that that's a, an important part, too, that would be very helpful to read as a... As a first-gen. Yeah, as a first-gen high schooler, especially high school. High school's so brutal. Yeah. It's so brutal. Dude, I had friends who were, like, racist towards me, too, like, in high school. Ah, it was not a good time. But, like, that's when... That's because, like, you don't... You just don't... I also went to, like, a kind of, like, whitish school, which sucks, but... Yeah. Um... That's that's what happens. Like you don't know yeah. where you stand. Yeah. I mean, if you if you're not taught, you won't know. Yeah, but I'm a mature ass woman now. I'm yes, a 23 year old mature ass woman, and um, I love my culture. Yeah, same. Yeah, and being like being, however you are, like that doesn't mean that you're not part of that culture like whatsoever yeah like who at all like nobody no. gets to tell you how latin you are or yeah, you are no. like that's for you to figure out and that's for you to like ex- ex- um, express it in whatever yeah way you and want like to. people shouldn't like at least for our, like ourselves like when people say that type of stuff to us because i'm sure that's not the first or the last time that mm-hmm. we will hear that like my cousin told me this, like, a few weeks ago. Um, very recent. Very recent. As a 23-year-old independent-ass <laughs> woman. Um, but just, like, not giving into those judgments of, like, you're not the... And yeah. Regardless like of whatever, like, good, whatever important. cultural background you are, like, I'm sure these issues are lie in other yeah. pockets of the universe, but, like... Yeah, like, fuck that. For sure. And so I really like that part. That part stood out for me. Yeah. Stood out to me a lot. 
Well, I want to talk about these birds. I know! What's up with these birds? The There's birds. so many birds in this book. Like, I don't know why. So, I think three major... They stri- struck out, like, in three major parts of the book. And that's with uh, Ari's reoccurring dreams of just sparrows falling. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of being, like, a, a night, somewhat of a nightmare for him. And then second when he stands up for Dante because kids are trying to beat him up Mm -hmm. Uh, and then lastly is when Dante is trying to save a bird in the middle of the road and then a car comes at him and and Ari pushes him out the way and saves Dante's life basically Mm -hmm. um so yeah there is this recurring theme of the bird yeah Um, what do you think it means Jess I don't, well, I don't know. What do you think it means? Like, I, I remember reading this a lot and being like, what is up with these birds? Like, why are there so many birds? I know birds symbolize freedom and, like, free flight or whatever, but it seems like every time a bird pops up, it's when Ari is with Dante. <gasps> Maybe it's, like, their love flying away. Or, well, it was I don't kind of, know. Always, kind of, always kind of injured or something was wrong with yeah. the bird. Yeah. Something so is always was, wrong with the bird. It was like a constri- uh, uh, constri- constricting. It was constricting of of like the bird, and just how like uh, Ari feels of of like his life and how he's yeah maybe feels trapped. Maybe it's like his trapped freedom or something. Because um, he can't fly because he doesn't know his who he is caged yet. love. Yeah. His caged and hurt love. Those are for his repressed Dante. emotions. Yeah, because yeah, he almost dies the last time he saves this bird, or this bird is involved. A bird is involved because he's not the same bird. Um, <laughs> it's the same bird. <laughs> it's, just, it's just the same bird that keeps coming back. Um, and then his dream, there's just like sparrows falling down from the sky. Now, I'm not a birdologist, <laughs> and I don't know the, like, symbolism behind certain birds, or, like, I know sparrows are really tight in, like, uh, traditional tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> wow. People get a lot of <laughs> tattoos of sparrows, but I don't know Yeah, what like, what do you mean? mean? Like, a crow is kind of like death. Yeah, that's all I know. Yeah. I know, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, like a pigeon know. is what, marriage or something? No, or, isn't that a no, dove? No, <laughs> that's a dove. My bad. Hello. A pigeon. Pigeons are cute. Pigeons are ugly. Okay. We need to <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it could be that. Yeah. I think so. So, it's, it's Ari's. It's Ari's caged and wounded love for Dante. All right, so I I think this is a good like uh, I guess closing statements, closing thoughts. So yeah, what was your? I don't know. Do you have a closing statement or just want to say something? Last minute thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I think this is a good book. Um, definitely if you have children that are teenagers, yes, make them read it. Um, I would totally love to, like, hand this to, um, 
because y'all know the conservative folk in our families, like, I would love to hand it to some of those people, um, those people's kids, you know. I mean, even parents. down. Yeah, like, I feel like this could be a good, I mean, especially if you have, like, Mexican parents from Mexico, um, like, it, it kind of introduces you, yeah, it's kind of like a good first-gen book, you know, to kind of mm-hmm. understand your child and where, I mean, I'm not saying that parents don't understand their child, but you can get, like, a better understanding of mm-hmm. what goes on in their headspace. Yeah, especially because the, 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 it's a, it's first person, right? Like, a first person book. So it comes from the point of view of, um, Ari, um, the book is in English, though. Do you know if there's a Spanish version of I'm it? I'm not sure. I feel like there should be, and I'm just saying there should be. <laughs> there should be. Know. No, you're right. There should be a Spanish version, but, um, uh, yeah, look for the, I mean, if you can read English, and if you like reading in English, read it in English, um, if you want it for, like, a parent or something, maybe... Google is a great resource and <laughs> see if there's a Spanish version and then let let us know. Yeah, let us know. <laughs> All right, with that, I think uh, this was a good first episode. Yeah. Uh, thank you for joining me, Jess. Oh my God, <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks. Uh, thank you guys for listening. If you are listening, uh, we'll let you know when we post our second podcast uh, on Instagram and Twitter, if we have a Twitter by then. Yeah, whatever social media, <laughs> we'll let you know. Yeah. Um, and also, like, huge shout out to Chris, right. who um, made our track, our intro track and our outro track. Um, I think his name on Instagram is Ocean Jones. Uh, so go follow him, because he's super talented, and um, he made this, like, super cool track for us, which is great. And I'm sure you guys like listening to it. All right. All right. Peace out. Bye.